Hey everyone, Saylat here, just doing some editing and wanted to pop this in before this episode. We recorded this right at the beginning of the pandemic and uh, we we're practicing social distancing, stay-at-home orders. The studio that we normally record at was closed, so many, many apologies. The sound quality is not going to be the greatest, so we are just doing our recordings from home. Just wanted to let you guys know that this episode and possibly the next episode are going to be a little rough, so please bear with us. We really enjoyed this book. We hope you guys read it with us, but just wanted to let you guys know that this is what we had to do, and really thank you for joining us. See you later. This is it then, folks. <laughs> you get what you get. Everybody's making do with what they have right now. Uh-huh. Okay. Hey guys, welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Selat. And this is Kalina. And guess where we are? <laughs> we are not We're together. quarantined at home. <laughs> We're quarantined at home. We are all self-quarantining at the moment, practicing some social distancing in light of the this pandemic that's happening all around the world. So I'm yep. in my closet. and I am under a blanket <laughs> my, in my bedroom. <laughs> yep. So uh, we're video chatting each other and um, we can't even seem to get that right. She's sideways on my screen and I'm sideways on her screen. So this is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we like this happen. sounds like, so for us, just to kind of put everything in context, it is March 17th mm-hmm. when we're recording this. We know that per our typical record and release schedule, this is going to come out three months later. So sometime in June, you guys are probably going, what the fuck? Yeah. Or you're like, oh, yeah, remember those days. It is. <laughs> I really hope days. it's not that. I hope it's yeah. everything's done by now. And we're like, wow, that was ridiculous. But that's OK, because being ridiculous means maybe we've minimized, you know, we've successfully mm-hmm. contained this shit. But yeah. right now it's pretty fucking scary as of today. It's pretty scary, especially since it's evolving. I mean, every other day they close something. Yeah, it's uh, and the strain is evolving itself, and we. Oh yeah, no, that that too. Still don't even know anything about the original. Like it's just, it's insane. But I think we're all trying to do our part and stuff. And so this may be old news. Hopefully, hopefully it's old news by the time. Yeah, and if I burst into tears at any point during the episode, that's just the way I am right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's just what happens to me periodically as I go through my day now. This is uh, this is scarier than anything we've gone through. We've never. We're gonna see a lot of changes, at least within the. I mean, the the markets, the housing markets, the fucking stock markets. I mean, like everything. Government. Fucking the Bay is closed down. They they're shelter in place right now. New York's gonna do the same thing. It's insane. It's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that hurts me the most is that. The people who are the most vulnerable and who have no net are going to be hurt by this out of any reasonable, you know, bounds. Like other people will be able to weather it, but there's a lot of people out there who this is going to be devastating. Mm-hmm. And that just makes me sad. Absolutely. I mean, they're practicing tree breaks my heart in uh, Italy right now where they're like, if, if you're like 80 or 82 and older, they're just, they're like, sorry, you're just going to. We, we have to try to fix the mm-hmm. people that we know are going to survive, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, this is terrible. Um, we're we're going to try to make this episode, like, normal. 
our normal episode. We'll try. We'll, we'll hopefully, try. this will be a good break from whatever's happening in June. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because 2020 know. seems to just keep throwing some shit yeah, at us. It kind of seems to be like, oh, yeah? How about this? The world, yeah. Nature is like, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's like, we're done. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. like, yeah, we'll do what we can to make a normal episode, but just know, I think it's just important for us to mention that because that's the state of mind we're in right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's going on as we record this. And because we do pre-record all of our episodes, we're about three months ahead. You guys for the next or for the past three months have been hearing us just talk like this shit is normal. Yeah. And it's, it hasn't that we know that. And so we want you to know that, yes, we know shit hasn't been yeah. normal. <laughs> um, but those episodes were recorded a long time ago a when shit was at least ago. a little bit more normal. <laughs> like, yeah. And this so. is our coping mechanism. You know, we're not so. we're not making fun of death or, uh, you know. No, nothing about this is funny. Nothing it's about this tragedy. is funny. Um, so but this is definitely a break from. From what is happening in the world today? Yeah. Also, I mean, our book doesn't help it too much either, though, because it is about death. I mean, it's all about death. <laughs> it's a great book. I love it. It's book. a really good book. <laughs> but, but perhaps timing-wise, not our strongest choice. Right. Not our strongest. But you know what? It. I mean, it, it was serendipitous. It fell in right at the same time. So much death, it just adds to it. So, quickie. Did I owe you a quickie? Mm-hmm. Do you think you can? Um, would you rather see ghosts or be able to talk to ghosts? Oh, shit. <laughs> would you rather be able to just see them and not talk to them or talk to them but not see them? That's, that's, ugh. I think I would rather talk to them than see them because I think seeing them would really fuck me up. Especially I think especially I being, like, seeing without any kind of communication would be terrifying. Yeah. You just, just wander like, ah, there's a ghost. stare at each other like, what the fuck do you want? They'd ask me the same thing and we couldn't answer each other. Like, it just wouldn't be, you know. Lady Farrier's no. not fun. Especially if no. so, the ghost. So. I guess we will. I agree. I think I'd rather, if I had to have any kind of contact with ghosts, I'd rather be able to talk to them at least. <laughs> Yeah, and go. Yeah. Hey, what are you fucking doing? You can jump in my head, but uh, let's um, let's not do this just popping out of nowhere thing. No, it doesn't seem like a cool thing. Well, that was a good one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So, what book did we read? So and we read it. We this did. Was a, this was a physical book. We read a book with words, and I actually get th- I got through this one in like four days. That's um, that's pretty incredible for me. I don't, I don't do that. Normally. And it's a normal size book. Well, for me, for you, it's probably like, it's, it's 10 minutes of an episode of a whole long series. Um, no, it, no, it was a good, it was a good book. It was a good book. It was okay. a good size. I mean, it wasn't a novella. I mean, yeah, it was a no, book. It was, it was a, a full story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, novellas are full stories, but whatever. You know <laughs> You had this discussion. <laughs> yes. Don't let, you guys heard us. Don't we? We're not going to go over it again. Okay. No. Um, so we read The Last Goodbye, The Beginning, by Bernadette Marie. And uh, Bernadette was one of the authors that we met at last year's Denver Pop Culture Con, um, along with Lisa and Corinne. We met Bernadette very briefly. She was doing a panel, and we just kind of stalked her until she was done on the panel. <laughs> and then we accosted her and made her talk to on her after she got out. And then we um, ran away. We ran away and went camping. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she was great. She was really nice, and so we were excited to get finally have a chance to get into her book. And so we are now going to talk about it. 
Go ahead and mm-hmm. do your Cliff's Notes. Yay! So the last goodbye focuses on Grace and Matt, Matthew, and Grace works at her family's funeral home, Undertaker, I don't know. That's probably wrong. Anyway, <laughs> it's a family business. She, you know, that's been, you know, for generations. She works there with her parents and her brother and, you know, all of these people. And Grace has a, what she sometimes refers to as a gift or a curse, depending on the day and what's going on, where she hears the dead. While she's working on them, she's, she's you know, gone through her cosmetology school and everything. So she helps prepare them for their final viewing and then they're you know if they're doing burial the way they go into the earth or cremation or whatever so she does makeup and hair and clothes and you know all the stuff that you need so that a body that's deceased doesn't look like that to the people who are looking at them in their final goodbyes Mm -hmm. anyway so she can hear them um she usually practices in a form of blocking where she puts in headphones so she doesn't have to because it's a lot to talk to dead people all day, every day. <laughs> so she has tried not to for most of the time. Uh, a couple times when she has accidentally, they tend to give her lists of things to do and she doesn't want to have to be running around doing things because it's also hard to talk to the families and be like, well, your deceased relatives told me that they'd really like it if you did these things. I mean, obviously, she doesn't want to come off as crazy. So so she, she usually avoids it. This day, for some reason, she goes into the room without putting in her headphones and she gets uh, she meets Nora Campbell. And Nora has some very definitive things that she needs Grace to do and wants her to know. Number one is that uh, her grandson, Matthew, is single and they should go back. Grandma. <laughs> so basically, from beyond the grave, Nora is matchmaking off her grandson. <laughs> now, uh, Grace and Matthew do already kind of hit it off. They've met, you know, he brought her the photo of Nora so that she could help, you know, make sure that the makeup and everything looks as close to her as she did in life um, now that she's gone. And Grayson, you know, they decide he's a reporter, so he kind of gets interested in, like, the way she and her family take care of this kind of end-of-life stuff, which can be really hard and people are are uncomfortable with and don't like talking about. Mm-hmm. So they start seeing each other. They at first in kind of a professional way where he wants to talk to her about potential story ideas that he has, but then eventually, in a little bit more of a personal way, they kind of turn into dates and they start dating and it's really most of the book is just them going on their first couple of dates it's really cute and like getting to know each other and it's a really lovely like courtship story that's beautiful unfortunately there's another person in Matthew's life he has an old friend named Rebecca who they've kind of been in each other's lives since school and he's always known since about college that she has a serious attraction to him. But she's been married. She's gone off and lived her life, married two other people, divorced. Um, but she's single again and they're in their mid thirties and he can kind of tell that she's decided that maybe he's her next mm-hmm. <laughs> husband and that's, that's, she's kind of pushing her way into his life in that way. Because his grandmother has passed, she keeps showing up with food and trying to offer him comfort and, like, spending a lot of time with him, showing up to the viewings and the funeral and doing all of this. I mean, her family has been around his family forever, so there is a sense to it. She's not coming out of nowhere. But he's also realizing he's having this attraction to Grace and doesn't want 
much more to do with Rebecca outside of friendship. And eventually he has to tell her that, and that does not go very well. And then we have kind of a tragic second half of the book where um, it seems like a vengeful spirit is trying to attack Grace, and it turns out it's Rebecca. She has passed away. She was trying to make a call for help by pretending to commit suicide, but or at least going through the motions of it, and then accidentally drowned in a uh, stream. And so then she was mad. (laughs) So she tries to kill Grace, and they have to figure it out, and they have to talk to her and kind of get her to pass on instead of staying around and being mad about things. So that's a little bit heavy, and it gets really dark. (laughs) But then they do, and she moves on, and the couple become, they decide to get married (laughs) after a month. (laughs) Well, he proposes, and she says yes, but not for a year. (laughs) So she has time to plan a wedding. (laughs) Yeah, it moves pretty quick. It does. Yeah. But, you know, they're meant to be because Grandma says so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't disregard what Grandma Nora's got to say because she's got a lot to say. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, definitely book. I think it was very interesting. I really liked it for how different it is from our normal reading. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, like, a really intense supernatural being, you know, either a vampire or a werewolf or some kind of shifter or fairy or any of those things like we are used to reading about this is just really a person with one extrasensory like gift and how they live their day-to-day person life like there isn't immortality there isn't you know fated prophecies being fulfilled for the good of mankind or you know none of that it's just a person who also happens to talk to dead people yeah. <laughs> and how she lives that life and and incorporates her new love into that. And, you know, how he starts to share that with her and is going to help her. Yeah, we actually get to go through the motions of the beginning of, of their relationship. We go on all of their dates with them, all of their, we got to do their meet cute and then their like almost second meet cute when she had to call him to verify something. And then they go on this business because he's Matt's a reporter so he's like I want to interview you and the people that are um throwing get-togethers in the graveyards and and so we grow with them in their relationship and sort of have like a really really normal if you set aside her sixth sense just the normal beginning of a relationship I mean they do go through it real real fast like you said they got engaged after a month but he knew instantly that he loved her and she did take the first step in contacting him and stuff like that because she can't or he can't get those prompts or notifications from Grandma Nora. You know, that's all coming from from Grace. So it's really cute. I really like the writing. It's very um, sometimes the, the pace in some of the books we read are like they're really fast and they're real intense and they're real serious and and all of this. And while this has a real serious mannerisms as far as talking about death and being around death so much it was really beautiful really written in a sense of like a new relationship between two normal people absolutely it, i mean we usually are people like me and something inside them tells them that this is it forever they're like a faded mate that happens so often that's like 90 percent of our books which is fun to read but 
they kind of take some of that relationship building out. Like that doesn't happen in a lot of our books. They just are like thrown together. They have to solve some kind of supernatural problem that's happening. And naturally they end up boning while doing so and being together forever. Whereas (laughs) this really was, I think in many ways, more like a contemporary piece where it's just about two people meeting and getting to know each other and we don't read a lot of those and I guess I have a new respect for them after this book because I kind of want to read some because I really realized how much I miss reading those early days like their two interactions especially at the restaurants yeah were so sweet Mm -hmm. and so real like they felt like real dates I've been on in the past and it made me kind of miss those early days of dating like how you know everything feels so new and fun and and strange and you're just excited about everything because you don't know the new person and you're just getting to know them and it's fun like she takes us through that whole process and there's humanity in it because in the in the other paranormal that we read, there's always that background, that subconscious thing about being some type of paranormal creature. Whereas she only has this paranormal power, but she's yeah, she's not immortal or anything. Yeah, exactly. So they go through the same human emotions that normal actual human beings that don't have supernatural <laughs> powers go through to be able to relate to normal people who read these books and be a normal character in it but still have a special something was it was great it was it was a really good book i mean yeah just completely different for us so but enjoyable like i highly recommend it and i think anyone who is listening to us but maybe you don't read the books with us because i don't know whatever that's weird but sure (laughs) that happens um Um, or maybe you don't read them because maybe maybe you don't read them because you specifically don't like paranormal one i don't know why you listen to us that's crazy (laughs) but (laughs) but thank you no keep keep listening that's awesome but if you don't this might be your kind of paranormal because it is very light i mean really all it is is a couple of conversations with a ghost yeah and some like ghost smells like roses or dirt you know but it's not there's no battles there's no nobody's shifting nobody's sucking blood nobody is no no you don't need to know any kind of like weird hierarchy of creature lore there's no prophecy (laughs) there's no faded anything yeah it's just people and one of them can talk to ghosts right so yeah. It's cool. So, yeah, so if you're not into what we normally read, this might be something to try because this book is – well, and Bernadette writes mostly contemporary. Yes. She has a few paranormal, but, mm-hmm. you know, the bulk of her stories are contemporary. So Yeah, and this one, I mean, while it's still a paranormal romance novel, it didn't give us the the gritty sex that we like. But because of the romance and the budding relationship that's growing and you grow with this couple, it really makes it all worth it because you already know – when they actually get down to having sex for the first time, you know that it's good, even though it was <laughs> you the way that it was. And you know that it was not just the I really need a fuck type of sex. And so you're just like nasty, dirty sex. This one was probably really good romantic sex, which I don't know. How often does that happen? Have we ever had a romantic sex encounter? I mean, we probably have, but like, no, any of them <laughs> like stand out to you that wasn't so like, like, I just want to fuck. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Even, like, the ones that lose their virginities, I can't think. No. You know? So, and... I, uh, and no, I don't think any of them are super... 
I'm, I'm sure there's one. I'm sure we're missing one. Yeah. But I, I think, it, like, maybe... No. <laughs> no. No, I mean, they really... Yeah, it, it, it's surprising how much I didn't notice I didn't get sex in this book. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, I did not notice it until yeah. we were talking about it later, and I was like, oh, right, there wasn't. I just assumed there was, and I was like, yeah, there was a sex scene. I had it in my head. Yeah. And then yeah. I went like, oh, no, she did not write one. No. It's, a, it's one of those, like, and then the morning after. Yep. You know, so we get all of the yeah. like right up to and the kissing and like going to the couch and talking about it and like shirts start to come off. But then boom, next morning, next page. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, that's all you get. And I really fully believed I had read a book that had sex in right. it. And then I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I didn't. I, I think that's the beautiful part of how she wrote her scenes was we I mean, we read these books for the sex, right? That's what we want to talk about. Where should we reading dirty books? We want the dirty parts of the book. But. <laughs> I was so taken in by this book and the story and how she was writing it that I read through the sex and I was like, yeah, that's good. That's good sex. And I turned the page and I'll write on to the next paragraph or actually chapter. And I skimmed over and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't really actually get that, but I didn't need it. I mean, I wanted it. It was fun. Yeah. No, it was good. I actually, like, I was reading this book so fast that I had to stop and put it down for a week because otherwise I would have finished it like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, that's that's bad. I got to wait. <laughs> I do love the book. I do want to, like, say there is two halves to it. It really is. Mm-hmm. And what you, like, what is so beautiful and moving in, like, the first half, like, their relationship grows and everything it takes a pretty drastic turn once he tells Rebecca what's happened and things go really, it's hard there. That's where the book takes a little bit of a, 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 you know, it takes its turn and it gets a little bit harder. I had a lot of mixed emotions about stuff that happened towards the end of the book. And it was still very interesting and I like, you know, it didn't change it for me and I do like the way it ends and it has to have something, right? You you can't just write. Yeah. And then they fell in love, and then they lived happily ever. <laughs> you have um, to have something. There has to be tension, and there ha- and and from the first second Rebecca walked on the page, you knew I like I wrote it down that minute. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the tension. This is Jeez. Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> so you knew it was going to be her. I just feel really sad for her end yes. because unlike in our other books, where again. Somebody has an evil, dastardly plan to somehow enslave or kill humanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the good guys are, like, there to stop it somehow. Yeah. So when the bad guys get it, you're just like, good, they sucked, <laughs> right? Yeah. But Rebecca didn't, I mean, she sucked a little bit. But at the end of the day, she also was just a person. Yeah. And she actually was a very sad person mm-hmm. who was hurting a lot and was hiding a lot of that. Yeah. And, um came to a very sad end and it was hard and definitely you know i put out there that for anyone with past trauma involving suicide this isn't the book for you don't read this <laughs> yeah it's a pretty good trigger warning i think because if, if you've got that experience this might trigger a lot of things and bring bring yeah. up some issues so don't read it <laughs> yeah um i do you know she she was a sad character so yeah. she put on a, a brave front. People didn't think she was sad. She seemed very happy and bubbly all the time. But those people sometimes are the saddest yes, inside. Absolutely. And yeah. so 
and it wasn't by any means really Matt's fault in any of this, but he he had a choice to make it better and make it easier for her. And while he kept thinking in his head, she'll never understand, she's always going to feel like this, then you need to talk to her about it. You have to. You can't just allow he her made, to come over. He and... made some errors mm-hmm. even before he met Grace. Like, there's the one, the biggest error, the one that, like, I think hangs a lot of the story on is... Um, he's already kind of got a date planned with Grace, and he goes home. His his grandmother's funeral is the next day. They had the showing, mm-hmm. but the funeral's the next day, or the viewing, the visitation, whatever they call that thing. Um, the the funeral's the next day, and when he gets home, Rebecca comes over with food, and he lets her come. He lets her stay, and he ends up kissing her and letting her sleep in the bed with him. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't engage in sex, but that's a pretty fucking big, like, this is a relationship type of deal it for is. someone who yeah. is obviously putting on the, like, relationship signals to you, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, he's mourning and he's going through a period of extreme grief that is hard, and you do make completely, like, irrational choices. You, you don't, you know, you misplace your grief into other things, like, I need to be with this person now so that I'm not feeling sad. I understand that and that explains some of his choices, but that's that's the big one because then afterwards she's like, what do you mean you're seeing, like just literally a week later, yeah. he's dating the mortuary lady mm-hmm. and has slept with her and is in a relationship. And, and he tells Rebecca he loves her and she's like, last week we slept together. Right. <laughs> like, we didn't have sex, but I slept in your bed. Yeah, so, and small gestures even like as little as that, just allowing somebody to spend that time with you, especially when you're most vulnerable, you just lost somebody that you really care for, that sends them a message of this is what they need right now. I am what they need. And as somebody that's so desperate for his love and his attention, that was wrong of him to allow that. And he knew it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and so, and some of those moments are, are even more intimate than actually having sex. Because it's so, oh a hundred percent. That's way more of a connection, mm-hmm. an emotional connection. That you know, the night before your grandmother's funeral to spend the night with a person, mm-hmm. than to have sex like that is. And then one thing he mentioned towards the end, which they didn't talk on too often, is after her second divorce, which was a couple years ago, they went on a hike up to this spot and she was upset and discussing her divorce and he kissed her then to help her feel better that's not helpful Matthew (laughs) that's not okay unless it means something to you and I get it again you know uh, you know he's trying but he's not doing it right so she has she has not just one instance but she has a couple Rebecca has a couple of touchstones to make her think there is more here. Mm-hmm. This is her longtime family, you know, longtime friend who she's known since school. Who's he's always been single. He's never, you know, he's not in a relationship. She's gone through her other relationships, her ups and downs. He's helped her through her second divorce. She's helped him through his grandmother's death. Of course, you feel like that's something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I definitely understand her anger and her pain. Yeah, like yeah. that would feel horribly. To be like you've just been discarded all of a sudden for a person he just fucking met. Yeah. To be used like that in that sense. It's almost like it's like a cop out. It's just an excuse for you to either make the situation less tense or you think it's making them feel better. And you know what? It is making them feel better, but for also for the long haul. You can't play with the people's emotions like that, no. especially with somebody that type of a person. 
And he's admitted that he's always known she's been gunning for him for years. Yeah. I think like, it's not... Yeah, so he... he he knows yeah. even through her other marriages that she still got her eye on him. So it's like, come on. So Matthew has a little bit of blame. <laughs> yeah. Now, at the end of the day, Rebecca makes her own choices. Absolutely. And she chose to follow. No, she didn't follow them. She went up the mountain. She, she wanted to be found. Them because No, I think that got confusing. Oh, okay. She was already there and dying when they went up the mountain. The first time. Oh, yeah. so it was just coincidence that he saw a car like hers, which happened to be her car. It was her when car, they yeah. First, when they first sat up. Yeah, but okay. remember, because she was already passing in and out of consciousness, and she was able to call out right. to them, and so that's why he got the urge to go up the right. mountain, and she was there already. So she hadn't followed them. She was already there. Right. She um, attacked Grace already. Yeah, she'd already attacked Grace because she had she'd gone up to this place that her and Matthew had had a kiss, and she had slit her wrist because she was going to, in her plan, be found mm-hmm. and saved and get attention and make Matthew feel guilty and maybe break up his relationship with Grace. Yeah. And she ended up getting too weak and falling into the uh, the water into mm-hmm. a, like a river, face down and drowning. It's just sad and a terrible way to die and very upsetting. So this book definitely took a turn. <laughs> yeah, it got it got pretty morose there at that part. Super dark. Um, I almost kind of felt like, like you said, I think you know you need <laughs> you need that tension, but it went really really far. Now, how it, it could just be because of the times we're in right now that it just seems like it's a little bit too much. But obviously, I can't decide what would have been. I don't want to say better, but maybe would have made me feel a little bit better. Like, I think they tried, like, they tried to indicate that she had some nefarious ideas. Like, she left a note, but the note somehow was supposed to implicate Matthew and hopefully break up his relationship with Grace. Like, it was, they tried to make her out a little bit more bad. Mm-hmm. And I just kept reading her as sad and was hurt for her. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, like, do you think if instead of taking her own life, she had maybe physically, not as a spirit, but actually, like, physically attacked Matthew or Grace and then ended up dying as a result of her actions, mm-hmm. would we have felt different? I think it maybe is the suicide part that's the hardest. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that turns out, I think that can absolutely change your perception of the, the character because... As she's written now, I didn't think Rebecca deserved to die. I don't think she should have committed suicide. No. That is always... And I really don't think she... Subject. I think she accidentally It did. was... Yeah. I really don't think she wanted, right. and I, wanted and to you, die. And you know what? I think that if she were to have survived, she probably would have attacked or planned some type of attack, hired an assassin to kill Grace. I think she's crazy enough to have done that. And I'm sorry, crazy in that way, but like she had issues where she needs help. She needs that. And that she's able to actually cover it and have this mask of letting people see her for something else that she's not. I mean, that's good. But a lot of people can be chameleons that have a lot of mental problems and issues and stuff that have to go out there and get help and can't do it. It's easier for them to hide underneath that mask. And that's where she was. Well, absolutely. And I think in particular, someone like this character who it seems has a lot of... um, she puts a lot of emphasis on her external connections. Mm-hmm. So, like, we obviously, you know, we don't know the whole history or anything. But to be in your mid-30s and twice divorced, 
is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you've gone through some serious relationships pretty quickly. And now to be already like focused on Matthew and, you know, I'm going to marry him and this will make me happy means that she's not able to fi- like internalize her own happiness. She is fixated on it being an external issue and if she can just get into the right relationship it will solve that and the biggest that's the biggest lie you can tell yourself if you aren't happy inside there's no one out there that's going to help you and Mm -hmm. fix that and it'll still keep coming up over and over again and so she is just I just wish she could have I mean then there'd be no story but (laughs) but I just I hope that she's a good cautionary tale like this is not this is not healthy and you need to you know if you're feeling like that reach out you know and talk to a therapist or you know somebody because you can't fix the things inside of you by being in a different relationship Mm -hmm. with somebody else yeah that's not you know that's not going to help yeah and the first step is one to recognize it and then to be out there to get out there and actually ask for the help because she thinks that she's getting the help that she needs or at least that she wants from Matthew, even though it's pretty obvious that he's, you know, because even though he let her sleep in his bed and gave her a kiss and this and that and that and this, he has also been pretty, it seems like upfront about, okay, well, you can let yourself out at any time. I'm going to go take a shower. He's I mean, his, her... his behavior the morning after was pretty like, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> right. You know, like, I mean, that was pretty bad. It was, oh, fuck you, also, asshole. He was also... Pretty upfront with it too, though. Oh well, at yeah. least in that instance. But he he could have been more, I think, candid and say, "Look, we just can't. We're not well, ever going to be here." So I will say, like the first time, the first day we meet her, he has come back from the funeral home, and she's on his step with mm-hmm. food. Okay, that is a hard situation. Somebody has physically just decided to come to your house and bring you food. Yeah. You kind of do go with it. You know, he had a whole other plan to just go and chill at his home, you know, by himself. But Mm. now he's forced to interact. I understand that. Now, the second time she texts and says she's on her way. That's when you go, no, no, I don't want you to show up. I need my space tonight. And this is what we're going to get to. I mean, we might as well talk about it. It's our kiss and tell for the the podcast, which is how do you handle... (laughs) Or what? I don't remember how we phrased it. You tell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, how do you feel about acts of sympathy towards towards yourself, to your person, through any type of situation, especially when you're dealing with the death of somebody that's so close to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that is yeah. one way that I also think, though, that he had the right to the very first encounter when he had when she brought over the food was to say very nicely. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. I love, you know, I this is great. But I really, I really need to be by myself. I can't. Oh no, he you know should I mean? have done it then. I, I, I do then. get that. That's a little bit harder mm-hmm. when you're face to face. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, he should have said like, I, I appreciate the thought. I just need to be by myself. Mm-hmm. If, well, if that's the way he wanted to be, I don't know that Matt is like us. Like, okay, so the answer from both of us, <laughs> and especially for me, is I don't want to see you mm-hmm. i'm going through some shit and i'm gonna do it alone yeah. like i don't like sympathy or acts and i know that that's it's so hard because i on the other side of it generally want to help people too yeah. and you are like we're helpers mm-hmm. and you are like how can i help you and there's no way you can help so the best way is to kind of go away sometimes yeah no i you and i are exactly the same in that instance you are very helpful when there's a tragedy that's struck someone else when we found out that 
my mother-in-law had cancer, you came over with my favorite casserole, like, within the week and fed us for a while. So that was great. And I think even, uh, you know, there were other instances. Whereas me, if, if there is something... Like, I'll be there if you need my help, but you have to let me know because I will treat you the way I want to be treated, and that's to be left the fuck alone. And then when I come back after I've grieved, I don't want to talk about it. I don't I don't want to try to face it either. Like, I want my day to be normal. I want to process my paperwork the way I've done it before, <laughs> and I don't I don't yeah. want to have to touch on that situation or, or those feelings again. Like, mm-hmm. this is a, obviously not this exact same story uh, or situation, but over 10 years ago when Dan and I were starting our infertility treatments after two years of not getting anywhere and finding damage in my tubes and all of this other stuff I gave up I was like I don't want to do IVF I don't think I deserve it I don't deserve to be a mom I don't deserve to have a family this is just it and I was dead serious it's funny now but I was dead serious when I told Dan that he should just go out and get somebody pregnant and bring the baby home and he laughed like he wasn't laughing like he wasn't laughing at my sorrow <laughs> he was laughing that i would say something as silly as that because i mean obviously that's the silliest thing right but i was dead serious and then i was like even more mad because i was like no i'm dead serious i we need to have a baby this is the only way we're going to be able to have a baby and then he started to console me and sympathize with me and then i got even more mad and i didn't accept his sympathy because i don't know i, I don't know if it's because i felt pathetic or unworthy it's just not an emotion that I intake very well and if you try to talk to me while I'm grieving I won't accept it in a very kind way now if you want to come over with food and you just sit and fucking watch tv or play cards or something where we don't have to actually talk to each other great I think I can do that when we both pull out the same book and we'll read it together Mm -hmm. just sit in silence and be together and I'm fine with that but I don't want to have to talk to anybody. I don't want to have to talk about my feelings, mm-hmm. my emotions. I don't want to have to go through any of that. I just need to mm-hmm. deal with the situation on my own, and that's how I do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, so Rebecca showing up and wanting to talk to you would be bad. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I mean, I know you'd be, like, the perfect person to, like, yeah. show up. I am the perfect person, just because, generally. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Yes, that and for this situation. <laughs> For a situation like this, and, and, and um, not only because of that, but because you and I feel like we have that, the same emotions, the same feelings about that. Mm-hmm. So, if my... Yeah, no, I, I understand the importance of food. People need food, and so I will feed people. <laughs> yeah. And then that's what I can do, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So here's some food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything else, so here's some food. <laughs> also, I'm not the right person to, like, console people because I don't know what to say. I don't know how you're feeling. Well, no one knows what to yeah, say. No. That's 100% true. Because <laughs> like, there aren't anything. the right words. Yeah. There aren't the right words. So most of the time, what you just described, I think, is actually the best thing. And not just for people like us, but for a lot of people, mm-hmm. where it's like, just come and sit with me. If I need something, I can vocalize it. Yeah. And if I can't, then I won't. Yeah. You know, but just knowing that the people are around you is enough mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, that's that's the way. Because there isn't, there isn't an answer. There's no word you're going to say that's going to fix any of it. None of it. Yeah. So... <sighs> And I think the thing that we have to keep seeing in Rebecca, like, you know, that there was an alternative motive for all of that. She wasn't doing it just because she honestly wanted to take care of Matthew. I think 
she saw it as a way of proving to him her worth of being in a relationship. And like, if she did this well enough, she's going to come out of this grandma death with a husband. (laughs) And that's, that's not okay to see that. And that's kind of taking advantage of somebody's grief. Yeah. So I, you know, as much as I like want to give her a lot of the benefit of the doubt and I've, did like reading it it's very sad it's very sad to read it really <laughs> um <laughs> but there were enough points where you're like ah she's doing shit she shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. so it kind of eases it a little bit but the bigger story of course is matthew and grace yeah yeah obviously <laughs> we um, just spent half the podcast <laughs> talking about rebecca <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean hey we preface this at the beginning of the episode look this is we already have this on our mind it's just what's happening where this is a a little bit of a sad episode but um how do you feel about um how quickly they fell in love what are what are your thoughts you know i don't you know i don't believe in bullshit <laughs> i was like come on i mean i totally believe in like feeling a connection and a spark really quickly, mm-hmm. but they went to love real fast, and I was like, "Do you know that within the week?" And <laughs> within one week, within the week. So the reason I bring this up is because I think out of all of the books that we've read, and I'm saying this very lightly because I don't remember all of the books. That we've read. <laughs> so obviously, this is the last book we were met. I remember some of it. But Matthew did say something in the book that really resonates with me, and I appreciated it. I appreciate Bernadette putting down on paper. And he said to Grace something about, this is why I love you. I just, I know it's only been a week or two weeks or something like that. But he says, when you know something's right, you just know. My mantra for the fucking whole podcast (laughs) career is, when you know, you know. So that was actually a really feel-good moment for me. Not like a validation or anything, but uh <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm right. I'm totally right. See, it took her the book said so. <laughs> it was one week for them. It was one month for me and Dan. But um I just wanted to I don't know. I still feel really strongly about it and I, I really love those words and I love that sentiment and so it's a little creepy. I'm sorry. My sandal is staring at me in my peripheral and it looks like a fucking mask. You guys, I'm in my closet. <laughs> It's kind of scary. I'm going to move this candle. Get out of here. (laughs) My cross candle staring me down. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I will give them... Okay. So here's what I'll say about this love, quick love story versus the other ones we normally read. (laughs) The other ones, they take so much on faith because it's some kind of prophesized faded love shit (laughs) that I, it is harder to understand. I'm just like, well, naturally they are now together forever. And we're just suspending a lot of, you know, disbelief because we're reading paranormal books. So obviously you just go, yeah, that's acceptable. The world's about to end. You have to find your fated mate or you'll die. Right, right. It's fine. I get it. Uh, Yeah. Or all of humanity, whatever. I get it. I'm on board. It's fine. (laughs) So I'm fine with those. This one at least felt, and you know, while I can't necessarily understand, I do get 
like, there is a certain draw between these two characters that, like, makes sense even to me who doesn't believe in instantaneous love. Mm -hmm. Because there's not many who would be able to believe Grace when she goes, oh, I just talked to your dead grandma. Right. That's a fucking hard story to tell. (laughs) And a lot of people would be like... Shut up, you damn harlotin. (laughs) Or charlatan, sorry. I I combined two words there, harlot and charlatan. Oh. (laughs) Harlotin, which is not a word. (laughs) I thought that was a, I thought it was, it sounded right to me. No, no, charlatan's the word. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You name charlatan, you're trying to like scam me or something, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people who say they can talk to the people who are past are not real. (laughs) And they maybe are trying to get your money because they're on a psychic hotline maybe i'm just saying perhaps just you know be careful if you're spending money on shit like that yeah (laughs) as long as it makes you happy though whatever so she told him pretty quickly like within the week and he had his moment where he's like mad at first but then he you know, calms down and he realizes how much he inherently just trusts her. Mm-hmm. And he then asks her to prove it. <laughs> so they go into the mortuary and talk. He gets to ask his grandma questions through a, another dead person. Mm-hmm. Um, deceased, um, as oh. Grace would say. <laughs> She's very deceased. Deceased. Yeah. Deceased. <laughs> um, so, like, to be, like, that's a pretty big sign that he could take it. He he believed her. He just needed a little help, but eventually he just believed her. And then he's just so perfectly placed to be very helpful. Like, it does feel as if, I kind of think that maybe Grandma Nora had some kind of extrasensory perception. Probably. Like, she somehow set this all, like, there's no way before her death, she knew to give her wedding veil to Matthew. Right. And just know that it wasn't going to go to Rebecca. Right. <laughs> like, and, and then he would meet Rebecca. Grace exactly. and a year later marry Grace, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So I feel as if there's something there. And so they might be open. Like, Matthew seems to be open in a way that other people aren't. Like, he does hear his grandmother at one point. Mm-hmm. And he can smell the roses when she's around, and he gets the psychic sense that he needs to go up that mountain when Rebecca's dying, and she's trying to get them there mm-hmm. to help her. <laughs> it just didn't work out for her. And his um, phone exploded. Like, yeah, there's. Well, that was him. her. She's that was her crazy ass, but <laughs> yeah, but he, but it happened with him, like around him. Yeah, yeah, not just with Grace, right. the one who is connected to the spirit yeah. world. So it does feel as if he has some kind of like he doesn't talk to him directly but he's somehow open in a way that would make this relationship the best possible one for the two of them so i do get it and i understand why they fell in love so fast but you know there are other contributing factors it's also i feel like it's super interesting that both of them again unlike our previous books where it seems like one or either character has like a ton of relationships like neither one of them were really having relationships they were just really going through their life with and focusing on their work and they both kind of just had the general sense that at some point they would find who they needed to find yeah so that's a pretty big like that doesn't just happen right well and a few other contributing factors to that was one he really feel like felt like he needed to get rid of rebecca you know and Going out with Grace seems to be a good way to get rid of her. That and then he was uh, mourning the death of his grandmother, so to escape some of those emotions that some people don't want to feel during times like that, falling in love or falling hard for somebody seems like a good 
alternative <laughs> to it. So I think that there are are those also. I mean, she doesn't write that in the book. Brenna doesn't no, explain no. those, but those could be. I know Matthew. He's my friend. He does seem like a good guy. <laughs> he does. He does. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not perfect. No, no one's they, perfect. They make the mistakes. They yeah. do. Yeah, I agree. We like all the things and we don't like some of the things and neither one of us want you to show up when we're mourning. Right. <laughs> Unless you have food and then go away. Right. Give us the food. I'll take it. I love me some chicken tortellini. God, now I want to make chicken tortellini. If you do, I'm, oh, I can't come over. No, we're in quarantine. How are we going to do this? Man. Dan had a sweater on, like sweater and pe- sweatpants, and he took his temperature, and he was like, oh, I'm 99.6. I was like, take off your sweater. And so he took it off, and he was like, oh, I'm 99.7. I was like, well, you literally just took it off. <laughs> <laughs> and then an hour later, he's like, I'm 97.2 or something. And I was like, there you yeah. go. You had it, and now you're done. <laughs> I kept taking mine all weekend because um, I have a cough, and I was like, oh, what if I have a temperature? Mm. And all weekend, I was like 96.7. I was like, what happens if you're too cold? <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'm warm enough. <laughs> Because at no point did I ever get to 98. Yes, I was seriously totally. like 96 all weekend. And I was like, this feels like that might be an issue. Should I call the doctor? Nah, what's it? They don't even think 98 is the normal temperature of people. No, I know that. But that's. I know it's complete <laughs> bullshit. I was also on my period. So there's definitely oh. a chance that that's it. Because uh, women's cycles determine their temperatures or affect yeah. their temperature. Yeah. I had so. a doctor's appointment set up for Thursday. And I emailed my doctor. I'm like, so I think you're more needed with other people than me so I'm not I'm not gonna go unless you really think it's okay for me to go and she's like that's really up to you she's like if you're feeling well then I would suggest you not come to a doctor's office (laughs) don't come in don't come in we can have a phone consultation so yeah okay so I think we can wrap up that's pretty much the end of the book I mean what they decide is that they're going to start closing relationships and giving like one last request to each dead person or deceased person that comes in. So they're going to partner up with each other and do this. And obviously Matthew. Doesn't yeah. Have too much yeah. I mean, it, but. she's going to try to stay open more to the, to yeah. the spirits. Um, some of them don't need things like one of the guys that passed, he was 92 and she talked to him for a bit, but he's like, I don't need anything. I've lived my life and mm-hmm. I'm okay. Yeah. You know? And his wife had predeceased him and everything. So, but there are others, you know, so she's going to try to stay more open and then Matthew's going to try to help her with any of the last requests that people have. So yeah. they're going to, they're going to be a little team work of bringing deceased people's wishes to like their, their last, their last goodbyes. <laughs> That's the, right? yeah. The last goodbye. <laughs> That's the title of the book. <laughs> um, so that was a good come around to that. So yeah, and that's that's how that ends. So fun fact. Yay! Um, so we don't have one that's too directly related to this book, but it is kind of related to the, the world we're living in right now, which is COVID nineteen and everything's going to shit. <laughs> <laughs> We all have to huddle in place and don't go out, but there is some positive things that you can do while you're waiting for everything to pass. Apparently, 
According to BigThink.com, in this article that is called Masturbation Boosts Your Immune System and Raises Your White Blood Cell Count. So if you are afraid of the virus still, even in June, which I really hope not. Yeah. Guys, I hope I hope you hear this and are like, oh, those idiots. <laughs> the world's fine and everything's cool now. And I'd be like, that yay. so ridiculous. <laughs> yep. I hope that's the case. But anyway, for some reason, even if if it is, if it is that way and everything's passed, yay. Um, this is still good information because it's nice. Masturbation not only feels good, but it really makes you healthier. Yeah, it's good for your soul. <laughs> it, it helps your immune system. So boost that immune system. You know, if you're still huddling in, if we're still in quarantine when this book or this episode comes out, fuck, it's been three fucking months. <laughs> I'm probably stir crazy at this point, oh, but God. at least, you know, you can Everybody. masturbate and it'll be good. It'll be fine. So anyway, yeah, that's from BigThink.com. And uh, the article title is just Masturbation Boosts Your Immune System and Raises Your White Blood Cell Count. Yeah, and don't let any other book tell you it's not. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, screw those books. <laughs> book sucks. Okay, cool. So, um, rating. Yes. Um, we can't really what do you read this one as far as sex goes because we got one little teasing scene. It was a really good relationship. Yeah, it was less, you know, obviously not, no steamy sex for us. Yeah. But as a book, it's a solid eight. I mean, it's oh, a okay. really well written. Mm-hmm. I think my only small quibble is it just got, and then maybe, again, like you said, it might be where we're <laughs> reading it in, the time frame mm-hmm. in which we're reading this. It got real heavy with Rebecca and her suicide, so. Yeah. That was a little, oh, and I wish it was a little lighter and happier <laughs> and smiley. But, you know, maybe next book will be smiley and happy and light. Um, <laughs> it does not look like it, it from the cover. It doesn't look like it from here. For one, it's 12 hours long, and um, the book is, the cover looks pretty intense. But I do mimic your eight. I do agree on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful build of a relationship, and we got to go on dates with it, him. So. It's a straight-up beautiful book. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do recommend people yeah. read it. And I do love... For once and two, it's a standalone. Like, we don't have, like, stories and stories where we're like, oh, what's going to happen in this world? It's just a really self-contained love Mm -hmm. story. Yep. Boom. So, if you're still in quarantine, go read this book. Go read it. listen to this episode, (laughs) but you already listened to it because I just told you to go read the book. Yeah, and check out the rest of the Uh, internet stuff because I'm sure it's good. Yeah, support everything that all of our authors do. Yes. (laughs) All right, so for our next book, we are going to read Damien. This is the first book of the Stone Warrior series. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like it won't be a <laughs> well, well, maybe it'll be fuzzy. It may in not be context, but... fuzzy and light, there you but. Go. <laughs> but I be bet you Damien's going to kick the mass, and I'm going to feel a lot more empowered that, to, fight, to fight this quarantine situation. And I bet you Damien fucks. So... I bet you he does. <laughs> He looks like he fucks. Oh wait, who wrote this? Who wrote this? Oh yeah, sorry. Um, (laughs) the book is by D. B. Reynolds and narrated by Tor Tom. (laughs) We'll find out when we listen. That Tor Tom. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) sure. We'll find out when Audible tells us. Yes. But yeah, so yeah, because I bet you there's a lot of books called Damien. So I think we need the D. It's the D. B. Reynolds one. (laughs) Stone Warrior series. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we don't know for how long we're going to be recording like this. Uh, we hope the sound is as good as we can make it. We do apologize if it's not. Um, the studios are closed. Like, the library is closed. We cannot record in any other way. Yep. <laughs> there's just, like, there's no option. And there's no reason for the two of us to get together and possibly cross-contaminate each other. Exactly. Um, I work with seniors, so I have to stay as clean as I can because... I cannot give this to them. And you work, you have children and Mm -hmm. you need to keep them safe and home and healthy. And so for as long as we're required, this is the way we're going to record. And just, you know, fingers crossed, it's as good as it can be. If it really, really sucks, we'll try to come up with a secondary way next time. Yeah. But this might be it. Yeah. So um, in the meantime, please feel free to reach out and let us know how you're social distancing during the COVID (laughs) crisis that hopefully is not continuing into June. Um, You can reach us on all the social media. It is Dirty Books, uh, Gmail, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And that's with three H's. And you can also visit us on our website at dirtybooks.com and any place you can find a podcast. Uh, Quick shout out to Jim Townsend for the music. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.